Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and today we are looking at the episode Topped with Buttercream. So, a disclaimer at the beginning of uh, this episode of the Littlest Petcast. I do not like a certain book that this episode parodies later on. You might see it in the title if I name it based on that you might not you probably will but just in case I don't I'm mum's the word for right now so the thing is this book is like a classic but I just I just find it boring but I am gonna have to talk about it because it is like the most apt comparison because like this is one of those books that are like it came out at the right time for like everything else to be influenced by it and to be fair I like a lot of what it influenced but just not the original story so um we begin with uh Going into the pet shop and seeing Blythe uh, putting the finishing touches on a stand-in she's made of Zoe in a new outfit for her. Although Zoe knocks it down, saying it's almost perfect, considering herself perfect. And then uh, young me comes in really super excited and she keeps telling Blythe, uh, guess what, guess what, guess what, or whatever. And because she's so excited and talkative, Blythe uh, retorts, You accidentally drank a gallon of coffee? <laughs> uh, young me says no. And then she says that they'll be neighbors, but not like living together neighbors, but working neighbors. So uh, Blythe is confused. And then young me drags her out uh, out of the pet shop and around the block, I think. I think that's how that works. Anyway, uh... Yeah, no, I'm still confused about this block thing, because, like, when I see the thing uh, in my mind's eye, I'd have to... Uh, am I looking at something? Uh, crap. Hold on. Okay, then. So, in my research, my research was a little inconclusive because Googling the Littlest Pet Shop just gets you the toys and not the show. But seriously, like, in my mind's eye, like, the Littlest Pet Shop is in the middle of the street, but this episode implies it's on a corner somewhere, and maybe it is on a corner and something, I don't know. This gets a lot weirder. When I think about it, we're not even like um, four or five minutes into the episode and I'm already like finding something inherently wrong. <laughs> so, you know, that's a good sign. So uh, she drags her out and around the corner to a new store called Sweet Delights. Young me says that this is the new shop uh, her Aunt Christy is opening and that she's going to work there now. Uh, nepotism. 
So uh, Blythe and Young Me can hang out more because they're, you know, going to be close by in terms of working space. So, I mean, again, nepotism. So then we see Aunt Christie come out, and it turns out it's that woman who wanted to buy the Littlest Pet Shop in the first episode when it was uh, going out of business. <laughs> but Blythe saved it. So, uh... So I guess everything worked out in the end. It's like that Weezer album from 2014. Anyway, uh, she's on her headset phone complaining to a man named Dexter that she needs vanilla extract before opening or she's sunk. And then she gets an instant message saying that they're out of turbo mixers. So um, uh, when she's done with her stuff, for the time being, Young Me introduces uh, Aunt Christie to Blythe, and uh, she digs through her bag to find something for uh, the girls. But has to go through like a bunch of like cooking supplies. Like she has like a whole bag of sugar, like a bunch of bowls, and like a mixer, a rolling pin, I think. And yeah, so. So now you may be thinking, am I going to accuse her of being a mutant with super strength? No. No, I'm not. I'm going to accuse her of being a mutant who has like temporal like space powers so that she can put like all of that in her purse in like a little pocket dimension. And so she can just go through it whenever she wants and keep all the things she needs at a moment's notice in there. Although she's not organized. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh that's what I'm uh accusing her of. So she finds what she wants to give them, which is icing pops. Like popsicle like things made from real cake icing. <laughs> Welcome to America <laughs> So, uh, that's, that's a lot more true than you think. So, uh, Christy gets back on the phone with Dexter and says that that extract has to be from Madagascar. She will not accept any substitutes. And after Blythe and Young Me dig into the icing pops, she says she's going to like Christy's presence in the neighborhood. So after she gets off the phone with Dexter, uh, Christy says that running a business means needing to be on top of everything, and then asks how her bunny, Buttercream Sunday, is doing at the Lilith's Pet Shop. Which, now, again, I know what you're thinking. Why hasn't she met Blythe before? Well, I'll tell you. Young Me only in introduced her as working at the Lilith's Pet Shop, and she could have easily just talked to Mrs. Twombly about this. So, you know, credit where credit is due. Like, even though they're going to reference a book I don't like later on, credit where credit is due. So, in the Littlest Pet Shop, uh, Buttergreen is dancing and everyone's enjoying it. 
And then at one point during the dance, she stops at uh, Vinny's turntables and changes the beat so that she, Pepper, and Sunil can do the robot. And then she finishes dancing, and everyone says how much fun it is to have her here. Uh, And, like, especially Penny, because Penny's like, oh, with you being so cute, I don't have to be as cute, you know, because it takes the pressure off of me. And then uh, she compliments Penny by saying, and here we go, you're the scoosh debouchiest of all the scoosh debouches. Yeah, you know what? I'm, we're we're going to go into the one-two combo right now. A lot of uh, Buttercream's uh, dialogue is inherently weird. I'm just going to say that right now. It is weird. She does like a lot of like walk arounds for stuff. And second, this leads into buttercreams. It's hard to call this a running gag versus a character trait. It's kind of both. So what happens is Buttercream says something weird like that or she says something too fast to understand and then someone else goes what? and then she goes what? and then she crosses her eyes twirls her ears and then thumps her feet. She then gives a sigh of relief as uh, she relaxes and goes back to normal I guess and then says any who enrolls her eyes in like a 360 to jump off to a different topic. Um, I know pets take after their owners, but I don't know if having a high strung, well actually bunnies are usually high strung. So maybe, maybe that fits. Maybe Christy being like a high-strung, like, independent business owner and Buttercream being like a sugar-high, high-strung bunny rabbit makes this make sense. You know, talking about these things out loud might get me to think more weird things than I usually would if uh, I wasn't, but... But this one actually makes sense. So, anywho, uh, Russell now officially welcomes Buttercream to the pet shop, which is confusing why I didn't do that before uh, she started dancing about and everyone was having fun. And uh, Buttercream thanks everyone. But because of her odd speech pattern, Vinny has to remark, I don't understand like half the things she's saying, but I kind of dig it. So the rest of the pets go on to say how awesome it is to have her here and how awesome it would be to go next door to have some sweets. And then Minka points out the hole in the wall between Littlest Pet Shop and Sweet Delights so that they can travel between the two and yeah here again I'm just 
really, really confused about the building structure of this building. Because it's an apartment that is in the middle of the street on top of a pet shop, but it's also on a corner and not the middle of the street. And on the other side of that corner is now a sweet shop that has a hole in it that's like the only thing between it is like drywall that's not there's not even like it's not even a hole leading to the outside it's a hole leading directly to sweet delights um the 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 building structure this takes place in is just confusing so um and the rest of the pets are getting really excited about the candy and then a song happens instantly it is a 50s style doo-woppy song about the sweet shop so two things about this song i want to talk about uh one i do want to say again this is good music theory applied like the ska song has good uh music theory the bollywood song has good music theory the like greaser song they had like like all of the songs are good music theory wise and good musically it's just i don't know it's it again it's just weird that they're all compiled into something like this i don't know like like it lack like overall like the music is good it just lacks really appropriate theming it just these things just happen at random but that said i again i still like the song it's really good song so the other thing is because this is a 50s style song like all of the female pets are dressed in like 50s female fashion and the guys are dressed as soda jerkers um so here's the thing this this is like one of like i think this is like pretty much the most feminine buttercream gets and probably some of the most feminine the other female pets get but like this is something that just confuses me about the show now that i'm thinking about it so the like they talk about gender differences more than a few times but it's never applied too much in except in like certain circumstances like this one like you can kind of tell buttercream is supposed to be a female but 
I'm, to me, it's hard because she's voiced by Kathy Weaslock? Westlock? I don't know. Wikipedia does not have a pronunciation guide on that. Who voices Spike in MLP? And so, like, because those shows are kind of similar, that throws me off a little bit sometimes. And, like, I don't know. Surprisingly, Kathy Weaslock, Westlock, Wesselock, also plays Near in Death Note, which I find interesting. And she has a bunch of other anime roles as well. But uh, back on uh, this track, anyway, like the like the gender differences, like between like the pets, they are talked about, but they're never applied heavily. For the most part, you can still tell most of them. I mean, you can still tell the genders of all of them. But they don't really follow gender, exact gender norms. More like they follow a lot of gender conventions. And then the rest of their personality takes it from there. Like, Minka has, like, pigtails. But you could hardly call her, like, a girly girl, for instance. And this whole thing is just a little weird to me. For someone that, like, applies gender differences, like, not all the time, but not even, like, most of the time. Like, But, like, you know, a not insignificant part of the time... You'd think they'd play that up just a little more, but they don't really. So, yeah, that's just, like, and, like, the moments they do play it up, it's, like, right now when they're referencing a more repressive form time in society where, like, gender differences were not only pronounced, but, like, really strict as well. So, overall, maybe this show is forward-thinking. Maybe not. I don't know. Let's get back to the episode. After the song is over, Vinny says he has to go into uh, Sweet Delights and asks Buttercream. Uh, Buttercream says yes with another thing of the running gag slash character trait. But Russell thinks it's dangerous because there's construction going on. But the rest of the pets give him the stink eye and then just run off. And Russell just follows after anyways. So uh, in Sweet Delights, we see the construction going on. And uh, Aunt Christie approaches the head worker, Earl, and says it's looking good. Earl starts talking, but then gets silenced because she gets a call from someone asking her to talk to Earl. But as she says, she's doing that, and then asks Earl uh, when they'll be done, which is what Earl was like telling her. 
and Earl says that they'll be done by Friday. So then she leaves, and then they kind of, like, insult her by saying, like, but she texts in her sleep. But it's not... Like, she's busy because she's an owner of an independent sweet shop. She's very busy. She does not have time for a lot of things. You're probably used to working for companies, Earl, who, like, delegate their power and time to things, but she doesn't have anyone to delegate to except for her adolescent niece. So, step off. Step off. Anyway, so they decide to pack it in. And uh, once they've thoroughly packed it in, the pets enter and they're impressed with what the place looks like so far. And just go around. Minka, try something on the wall, but it's paint. I just wanted to say that. Anyway, so the pets see a mural of candy... And Penny Ling says that she wants to live there. And Minka agrees with that statement, saying she'll also want to bring a pretty, pretty toothbrush to protect her pretty, pretty teeth from yucky, yucky cavities. Like, okay. I will say, like, as weird as this show is, I have to say the performances are good. It's just that the script and animation is weird, and I don't know which influences which. Do the writers go in and just say, and like write something weird, and the animators are like, sure? Or do the animators just animate something odd, and then the script, and they show it to the script writers, and the script writers say, huh. Let's figure out how to work that into the episode. Or or do the voice actors just like talk like say these weird lines and then that informs them. It's this weird trying maybe all three, who knows. <laughs> but like I said, the performances are good and you know, I, I kinda liked that that performance from Minka. Anyway, <clears throat> so Buttercream shows the pets the kitchen and everyone races in to eat some of the things that are in the kitchen. And Buttercream loses her bow in the shuffle and mysteriously the door to the kitchen closes. So... Trouble! Anyway, so... On the sidewalk outside of Sweet Delights, uh, Blythe and Young Me are just joking about what they're going to do now that they're work buddies or close to work buddies. And then Blythe uh, just invites Young Me to hang out in the pet shop for a bit. So uh, in the kitchen, the pets are still ravaging the kitchen. And Sunil is trying to resist eating more because he ate too much and has a tummy ache. But uh, Penny Ling, on the other hand, 
is so sugar high that she's just her eyes are swirling and when they stop swirling she imagines living in that mural they saw earlier and sees everyone as sweets so then uh she sees Minka as a cupcake and then says that her cherry is crooked and then Minka says how dare you wait what so um as far as uh sugar high uh visions are I know this goes without saying but this is not as good as onwards Aoshima just just pointing that out there I'm pretty sure some of you were thinking it I just wanted to say it so uh Penny's illusion is broken by Pepper's stench and she snaps back to reality somewhat as we're about to see in a minute and because Pepper begins freaking out and is like all paranoid about what the sugar is doing to them and Russell is also freaking out and says that it's really time for them to leave and everyone else is noticeably freaked out by how much sugar they just inhaled and Russell tries the door except it's stuck with sweets and Russell is in agony over this and Russell says okay we're we're beginning to talk about the book uh that they're trapped like a remote tribe on a jungle island and Vinny calls chief uh, from that, you can pretty much tell this classic book that I don't really like too much is Lord of the Flies. But we'll get more into that just a little later. Anyway, so uh, at the pet shop, Blythe and Young Me are doing some cleaning. And then Blythe goes into the day camp to check on things there but does not see anyone and starts like, you know, like the, come on out. I know you're hiding. This is a really funny joke, but it gets more freaked out. This isn't funny anymore. Seriously, come out. And then like she freaks out more and then believes that the pets have been petnapped and then calls uh young me in and tells her what's up uh young me assures you that they haven't been stolen because no one's been back there we would have noticed someone and it's just not possible so uh jasper and sue come in and say they want to go somewhere to eat but blythe gets them to help instead so uh, Sue assures Blythe that they'll be fine, but snaps like Blythe does after looking and not finding anything for a bit. And then uh, Mrs. Twombly comes in, and Blythe says to keep looking while she runs interference, which uh, two times in a row, man. <laughs> this happened last episode. 
where like someone had to run interference with Mrs. Twombly. Mrs. Twombly has to be a really easily distracted person for this to keep working on her, especially this close. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I don't know. I'd be a little suspicious. Uh, Mrs. Trombley wants to take the pets for a walk, but uh, Blythe is doing her best to keep her out of the pet area. And then uh, she spots some pet kibble and asks questions about it. Like, I don't know if it's fresh, but uh, Mrs. Trombley says high-quality pet kibble, uh, like the ones they stock here, are uh, have a really long 100-plus-year shelf life, and uh, she has a government report about it. Blythe says she wants to look at the report, but Mrs. T says it'll be hard to find, but through pressure from Blythe, she goes and looks for it. Uh, that was too close for Blythe and says that they need to look for clues and to find a pet, you have to think like a pet. And then she does animal things for a bit, which everyone thinks is a little weird at first, but then she finds a hole that she didn't notice before, which is weird. And, uh, she sees, uh, Buttercream's bow... Which, yeah, I was going to say something about this earlier, but, like, when the bow falls off while they're in the kitchen, it falls off in front of the hole. And it's not the weirdest thing, because, like, the hole is next to the kitchen, but it's, like, a few, like, maybe one or two uh, feet away. I don't know. How how big are... Uh, ki- no, this kitchen was probably at least three feet wide. I don't know. It's like, it's a sizable chunk away. So it would be really hard to see. Why am I going back on, like, how this building works? You know what? No, that's how this building works. Aunt Christie is using her, like, temporal space powers on it. Somehow. So that it can be in the middle, but on the corner and connected to something. Or maybe it's just connected to something. Like, whatever. This is just so weird. Anyway. Anyway. So Blythe tries to go through the hole. But her head is too large. And uh, says, curse my freakishly large head. So, I mean... I mean, at least they know that their show is somewhat weird. <laughs> but, whatever. So, uh, uh, Blythe asks if Young Me can let them in through Sweet Delights to the front door, but she doesn't have the key. Uh, but she knows that Aunt Christie is at her Pilates class, so Blythe says to take her scooter to go and catch her. So, in the kitchen, the pets have gone full Lord of the Flies, but without the actual Lord of the Flies. There's n- there's no peg head equivalent. Like, I mean, 
there's the candy, but it's like fire housing. There's no thing on a pyre that's, uh, you know, controlling them. And that's evident because they're arguing over who should be the chief. Russell says he should be the chief because he's the smartest, even though he should have stayed behind if he thought there would be construction, but didn't, and also didn't make sure that the thing is open, but maybe just hindsight is twenty twenty on that one. But still, if he thought there was construction, uh... I don't know, maybe he went because they wanted people to be safe or to just say, oh, I'll go get Blythe and then run with his supersonic speed or just go into a ball and get Blythe or something. But whatever. Uh, Vinny's just running around yelling sugar and uh, Minka says that Vinny called it earlier, but Russell says he's in no condition to leave. And uh, Sunil is on uh, Russell's side on this. But Zoe and Pepper say they should be the ones to lead because they have strength. And then those two groups get into a shouting match against each other. And Penny and Buttercream are liking this distraction because they take all the food, uh, knock over, like, uh, um, one of those things that has like three rows of trays and is like is like three feet tall, and they knock that over and declare themselves the rulers because they have all the resources, and by that I mean sugar. So, uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Young Me heads to Pilates class to find that Christy isn't there. And although uh, she said she was going to get her nails done uh, afterwards. So Young Me leaves at the pet shop. Blythe is freaking out some more. And Jasper tries making jokes, but Sue just hits him because... It's not helpful, even though Jasper thinks it's helpful because he's trying to lighten the moon. So then Young Me goes to the salon, but she's not there either. However, she's told to try the TikTok shop because Christy said something about needing a new watch battery. So um, in the kitchen, the pets are trying to climb the gate to get past Penny and Buttercream, but to no avail. And... Uh, and uh, so at the clock shop, Young Me stops in and is told that Christy went to get ice cream. And then back in the kitchen, Vinny is still running around saying sugar, but then slows down and then stops and then calms down and says, what are we doing? And uh, sees what's going on, how everyone is arguing with each other about stuff. And calls everyone out on saying, no, it's the sugar that's making us do this. This is not who we are. Buttercream doesn't believe him, but everyone else starts to simmer down. 
at first and uh, come to their senses because they realize that Vinny's right. This is just the sugar doing this to them. Not, not who they are. So maybe the sugar is the peg head on a stake. But I don't know. Like, there's no visual representation of one thing that puts all of their emotions into it. Although, I don't know how you could get something like that in a sweet shot. I guess, like, if you had, like, a batter mold of a pig on, like, a candy cane steak. Maybe. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, everyone else starts calming down, but Buttercream is still freaking out and still on a sugar rush. And it's like, ha, your niceness isn't gonna get me. But Penny Ling is like, wait, no, they're right. They're my friends. We would never really do this to each other. It's just the evil sugar. And that effectively talks Buttercream down. So they all celebrate that they're friends again, but they still have to reckon with the fact that the door is still stuck. Young Me goes to the ice cream shop and is notified that Aunt Christie just left with a strawberry basil cucumber ice cream. And you know what? I just, I need to get to this point even though I didn't write it down, but this is the same ice cream place that we saw in um, uh, in Blythe's Crush with, like, the goth teen girl working there wearing a soda jerker uniform like the ones the guys wore in the song earlier this episode. Like, this is an example of like like gender conventions and then everything else follows cuz i mean okay i don't want to say she looks g- good i mean she looks good but i don't want to say she looks good if you know what i mean cuz she's probably a teenager and i'm not i'm not into that you know well, yeah, she looks good in that soda jerker uniform. Like, it, it goes well with her aesthetic. Even though you would think it wouldn't, it, it kind of does. So, yeah, this is just another example of, like, gender conventions versus gender norms, I guess. Okay, whatever. So, uh... So, uh... Yeah, she's told that uh, she just left, and then uh, she sees Aunt Christie just outside of the shop and uh, asks to get the key. And um, uh, Christie says, sure, and uh, like has Young Me hold on to her ice cream while... Uh, well, she looks through her, like, weird TARDIS purse again. And she pulls... And uh, then, like, the key wasn't even in her purse to begin with. 
So she gives her the key, takes back the purse and the ice cream cone as young me has eaten all the ice cream. Anyway, so she goes back to the pet shop, passes by Mrs. Twombly with some papers and informs everyone that they have the, yeah, they have the key. So, so they rush back outside the pet shop, go around and go into uh, Sweet Delights and get everyone out. So uh, they notice that everyone is covered in sweets and decide to wash it off, but they also notice how damaged the pantry is and decide to clean that after they clean the pets. So then later at the pet shop, the pets are relaxing and regaling the story of what they were like in the pantry with some exaggeration because they're pets, whatever. Uh, Blythe points out the good thing that came out of all of this was the new friend they made in Buttercream, and everyone agrees with that. Uh, she then says that Christy uh, has something for everyone and pulls out some icing pops, and the pets freak out because they don't want to experience Lord of the Flies again, which is a feeling I can understand completely. <laughs> okay, so that about does it for this episode. Uh, you know, overall, this is just a pretty good, normal-ish episode. It wasn't like last time where I went on a rant about every little thing. Although I did go on a few rants <laughs> this time. These were just, like, mostly normal rants, I'd say. I don't know. Judge the normality of the rants as you will. So... Uh yeah, like it's a fun episode. Uh, I I really like it. It's not like one of the best episodes, but you know, it informs some of like the future best episodes. I mean, I think it does anyway. So, uh yeah, that'll be it for this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Uh please uh rate and review on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, and wherever RSS feeds go when they are busy avoiding Lord of the Flies at all costs because it's not very good. And be sure to tune in to the next episode, Sweet Truck Ride. Thanks for listening. Okay, to be perfectly honest, I've only seen the Lord of the Flies movie from, like, the early 1900s, but that movie was still really boring. <laughs>